Good morning and happy Saturday, you guys. It is Amanda and Baron with Kicking Cancer Cares. Good morning, Baron. How are you? Good morning. It is a beautiful day. It is fall. It is. I love fall. Just the cool, crisp air. You know, what, you know what fall means? What? It's time for Oddmos Pizza. Oh, it is. Which, speaking of which, is one of our sponsors for this show. So, Oddmos Pizza, they have great pizza. Amazing. My husband, he loves the, uh, the what is it, the Canadian bacon, the Hawaiian. Yeah, and, and I just want to know, who was the first person that thought it was a good idea to put pineapples and Canadian bacon together? I don't know, but my husband's a fan. and He's a huge fan. But... <laughs> <laughs> I am not. <laughs> I like their cauliflower one. So, they do have one that is probably not a healthy choice, but it is super good, and it's a thicker crust, and Mike Sublet, who's a friend of mine, on, and he advertises on the show, uh, it's a it's a, it's a Chicago-style pizza, and it's super, super good. I've heard about Chicago-style pizzas and how they're Not really a healthy good. choice, but super good. <laughs> <laughs> it was a cheat day pizza. That's it. It's a okay. 30% pizza. <laughs> all right, all right. I like it. Okay, so let's kind of recap last week. I know we didn't really get to touch on her story too much. Well, there's so much to Becca's story that I thought maybe we could spend a little bit more time going, yeah. going back into it. Absolutely. So if we go back in, back in our timeline, it was about uh, April or May of 2019, and I thought, well, let me try to reach out to some other organizations. So I went down to Albany to their Chamber of Commerce, and you've been with me at Kaiser Greeters, so it was the same I did down in Albany. And of course, I always do a shirt as a giveaway item. Right. So the person who won the shirt is Russ Hedge. Oh, I know Russ. Who, yeah, well, at the time, Russ was working for Surpro. And he immediately walked up to me and said, I'm going to give this shirt to one of my employees. And her name is Bethany. Because Bethany's sister had already beaten cancer. Yep. Well, we had already planned to do that walk. That's why I was going there. I was trying to talk about that walk we were going to do. Right. So Bethany comes up to me almost in tears. And she said, my sister and I want to do the walk with you. Okay. She didn't even talk to her sister yet. <laughs> we want to. I'm signing her up. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> I exactly. Like it. I love it. So, so then I had a chance to talk to her sister on the phone. I still hadn't actually met her sister, which is Becca Lloyd, the story we talked about. And she told me a little bit of her cancer story. And we were just getting the newsletters going. And so I asked her if she minded sharing the story. Mm -hmm. And she said, yeah, I can do that. And a few weeks had gone by, and she hadn't emailed me anything. So I called her. And I said, if you change your mind, it's okay. Just let me know. Like, I understand, <laughs> yeah. but let me know so I can replace the story with somebody else. And she said, no, I still want to share the story. I just didn't realize how hard it would be to relive the story. Absolutely. So I think that the first paragraph in what she sent me is pretty powerful. Now, if you go to our website, kicking-cancer.org, and you go to newsletters, you're going to have to go to the archives, but the story's in there. <clears throat> and I really had to edit her story back to make it fit. So I'm going to give you some excerpts from the entire thing that yes, she sent me. please, yeah. So the first paragraph, she says, Here is my story. Sorry it took me so long. I didn't want you to think I was ghosting you, but this was a lot more difficult than I thought it was going to be. I can only imagine. I think it's because it it is being shared so publicly, mm -hmm. but it definitely opened up another level of pain I didn't realize I was carrying. So I wanted to thank you for giving me the chance to share and also to realize another level deeper that could only heal as well. That was interesting to me that she realized she was holding this pain, yeah. this internal emotional pain, and knowing that this was going to become public, it was going to go to a website and a newsletter, 
she she was a little hesitant, but she actually thanked me for opening and healing those emotional wounds. Didn't even realize that's what she needed. I didn't realize I was doing it. Right, right. <laughs> right. <clears throat> so to go into her story, um, she is in her late 30s now. I think she's either 38 or 39, but she was just shy of her 24th birthday. So it was March, <clears throat> March of 2008, and she noticed that she was having some interesting symptoms. She was, she was feeling very tired, um, but she was going to school full-time. She was carrying two part-time jobs, so she didn't really think a whole lot about it. Then the first part of April rolls around, and she was having trouble walking up a flight of stairs without losing her breath. Mm-hmm. She also noticed a rattling of liquid in her lungs. Ooh, that's not good. That is not good. I find this intriguing because over the last four years, I've met two other people that have gone through something similar to what she had, and oftentimes... In the early stages of blood cancer, you think you have the flu. Oh. And that's what she thought she had. Oh, that makes it as those are all symptoms. All symptoms of the yeah. flu. So all of that, she said at first, I thought I was fighting off the flu. Right. But the symptoms were becoming more alarming. One night, I got up and passed out in the bathroom. That's scary. So that's not the flu. Whoa. Right? Right. <laughs> then uh, one Wednesday at church, the lower part of my face went numb. That's... So she said that scared her. That would I would be at the hospital right yep. away at that point. Yep. So it scared her enough. She called her mom. They went to the doctor. They ran some blood tests, which came back positive for cancer. They thought initially it was blood cancer and scheduled a lymph node biopsy to determine more. The lymph node was completely filled with cancer. Jeez. So, again, we've talked about this before, but for the listeners who are just joining us, your lymphatic system runs through your entire body. Mm-hmm. And I say it's like oil in your car. Right. So the reason that Brenda gets up and exercises every day is to keep that lymphatic system moving. Mm-hmm. But if the cancer gets into the lymphatic system, it can go anywhere in your body. Right. So they check the lymph nodes to see if the cancer's in the lymph nodes, then it would get into the lymphatic system. Right? Right. So it, it, her, lymphatic, her lymph nodes were completely filled with cancer. Which is really bad sign. Bad sign. She said, indicated it had spread through my entire body. So the doctor here referred her to a cancer center in Denver, Colorado. She left the next day. That was one month from she started feeling symptoms. Right. By by this time, I was on oxygen and having a lot of trouble with mobility. She really declined very fast. Very fast. So she went from... A little tired, um, having trouble walking up flights of stairs. Now she's got an oxygen tank and having trouble walking at all. And is in a whole other state as a cancer specialist. In Denver, Colorado. Wow. Yep. So they took me to the hospital in a wheelchair. At this time, a friend of ours from New Zealand contacted my dad. He had been praying for me and felt like God wanted to share a verse with us. I didn't put this in the newsletter because I had to cut it some stuff out. Right. I think this is important to talk about. This friend of theirs in New Zealand felt impressed that Psalms 118, verse 17, was for her. Are you going to share it with us? I will share it with you. I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. Mm -hmm. And as we get into this, you're going to understand why that verse is so important. Okay. So, And just to reiterate, Kicking Cancer is not a religious organization. Um, If you see our shirts, we do have Hebrews on there. Um, I do believe that God has great power in your life. And so I'll share these scriptures. I just want people to get confused. We're not we're not a faith based organization, right? Okay. So she gets to Denver, and they do a bone marrow biopsy, 
and it determined that she had ALL, which is acute lymphoblastic leukemia. There's one other story that we told who had this. Yeah, I was going to say that sounds familiar. Nolan. Okay. And Nolan was three. Okay. Right? So, I, I'm getting to understand how to break down some of these words. Lympho, meaning the lymphatic system. Mm-hmm. Blastic, meaning that it blasts out. Okay. So, and leukemia is blood cancer. So, she has uh, a blood cancer in the lymphatic system that is blasting its way through Jeez. the system. That's what all those words yeah, kind no, of thing, mean. I appreciate you breaking it down like that because yeah. those are big words. and When they're hard for me to say sometimes. Right. And so it's hard to understand sometimes. Right. And, and there's so many different terms. It's nice to be reminded. Right. So she said this is normally disease for children. Okay. Which, Nolan. Yeah. You know? So it was very strange for me to get it at my age, 24. Right. The day was April 25th, 2008, less than a month from when I first noticed symptoms. Wow. The doctors came back with results of tests and told me that I had two weeks to live if I did not begin treatment immediately. So here's my question to you. How would you react if they said you had two weeks to live? I would ask how long, my first question had already well, how long will it prolong my life, though, with the medication? And what types of condition, what, what will my condition be? Will I be bedridden? Will I be hooked up to wires and tubes and IVs? Yeah. Or can I live my two weeks? What, it, what does that two weeks without medication look like? And what, is, and what does it look like without, without it? You have already been listening as we've been doing this show <laughs> because you're an advocate for yourself right now. Yeah, I, I want... To know answers for both sides. Right. But, yeah, well, sure, the, if I can live longer, but what is that quality of life like? Right. The good thing I is her know. mom was with her, so her mom was able to be an advocate oh, for her. Good. She wasn't by herself. Because that can be intimidating. That can really be really scary. Really intimidating. Like, you're just following the advice of the doctors. Right. They're the experts. Yeah. You trust them. So she says, my mom stayed with me in Denver while my dad went back to Oregon to come to work. Um, I lived in the ICU for almost a month, so she did move forward with treatment. Okay. An intensive Com- care unit. That's, intensive so that's, care unit, so uh, not just in the hospital. Right. ICU, that's pretty, that's 24-hour care. For a month. That's a long time. Long time. Um, completing two rounds of chemotherapy, and the transformation could not have been more drastic. The doctors declared my blood completely cancer-free. Wow. In one month. Okay. So now we're into May of 2008. So that's pretty amazing that, that it responded so quickly. Right? That is. That was worth it. She says, I was walking. I was off oxygen. Um, they had drained two liters of fluid off my lungs. Whoa. The headaches were gone. So her life was becoming somewhat back to normal. Yeah. At the end of two rounds of chemo, the doctors had a meeting with me and my mom. They said they found something alarming in the blood work. The kind of cancer I had included a Philadelphia chromosome making it extremely aggressive and fast-reproducing cancer. That explained why it had come on so quickly and why I had beaten it so quickly. That's right. Right? hmm So I began to go, I don't even know what this Philadelphia chromosome is. So I did some homework. You didn't let the grass grow under your feet? I didn't grow. I did some homework. <laughs> so all of us have 23 pairs of chromosomes. Right. And inside each of those chromosomes is tons and tons of DNA. And that's what makes each of us different, is the DNA coding, right? right? What has happened with this, this Philadelphia chromosome is that the, the number nine chromosome 
and the number 22 chromosome have split and merged oh. to create a new chromosome okay. called the Philadelphia chromosome. Interesting. The problem with that is each of those chromosomes is full of coding, mm-hmm. kind of like a computer coding, right? Okay. And the coding is specific to each chromosome. So when you merge them, it's doubly goop, right? Right, right. It's not coding that's supposed to be in there. Right. And the body gets confused what to do with it. Oh, okay. Does that make Mis- sense? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's so that's misfiring. My, that's my, that's my non-medical explanation. Right. No, that, that totally makes sense. It, a bunch of error codes. It, yeah. It's, yeah. Probably tons of error codes. Right. Because your body's used to the 9 chromosome and the 22 chromosome talking to each other, and they're now talking gibberish. They're arguing. They're arguing. (laughs) In a sense. In a sense, right? Talking over each other, and so it's just, yeah. So um, she says that the doctor told me that because of this, because of this Philadelphia chromosome, the chance of the cancer coming back without further treatment was 95%. Wow. He but said a bone marrow transplant was the only way to ensure the cancer would be gone for good. If I sur- if I survived the bone marrow transplant, if and I live for five years, I would have a ninety eight percent chance that the cancer would never return. Even with the transplant. So there's a lot of ifs in that scenario. Yeah. You've got to get a bone marrow transplant. You've got to live for five more years, and then you have a 98% chance that the cancer won't come back. It won't or will? That the cancer would never return. Never. Okay. 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 So if you can get past the five years, you have a 98% chance it would never come back. Okay. There's that five-year mark that, yep. that they say magic, is the magic huge part. milestone. So there's a 2% chance it could come back. Right. But she had to go through this to make it that far. Okay. Right? Um, I was allowed to go home for a weekend. And she discovered that her brother was a perfect match for the bone marrow. Okay. So they went back. <clears throat> she received her brother's bone marrow in the middle of August. And if we follow this little timeline, this whole thing started for her in March. So April, May, June, July, August, five months. And she's gone through all of this wow. in those five months. That's got to be a, a, That's a lot on your body. Oh. Uh, just absorbing all of that information emotionally, that would be a lot. Then you throw the physically and mentally. <laughs> right. Right. That's a lot. At 24 years at old. At 24. You're still right. a child, basically, at yeah. that point. And I remember, as you and I were talking about your story, so it's not, it wasn't you, it was your son, mm-hmm. but you were 18 years old. That was a whole lot for you to go through at Ex- that young age. Yeah. Well, add the component that it's not you, it's not your son, now it's you. Right. And you've got all this being thrown at you at that Jeez. Age. So she says, just as with any organ transplant, there's always a danger that the body will reject the cells if they're not always yours. Right. My body was quite accepting, and I only had minimal graft and host disease symptoms. And that's when the body and the host and the graft, which is the other cells, don't mix. Right. In in this case, they die in a sense, right? Yeah, and and there's a lot of complications that occur if they don't. So, um, but she said it was still a long, slow, agonizing recovery. I bet. Plus, for those that know anything about bone marrow transplants, they're very painful. I so I now granted this is off of Grey's Anatomy, (laughs) the show, (laughs) but I've heard uh, from what they've shown in their show about uh, bone marrow cancer and transplants and all of that um, is that it's one of it is the probably the probably the most painful uh, transplant to do on. 
both parties. Well, if you think about it, you know, so you've got skin, and you've got muscle underneath the skin, then you've got the bone, but you got to get through the bone to get to the barrel. Mm-hmm. And so you've got to go to the host, which is their little brother, and they've got to do some kind of a drill to get in there and get that marrow out. And they got to take that and then drill into her to get the marrow into her body. Now so that does m- sound really painful. Yeah. Now, this might be a silly question, and um, but what about the brother? What side effects would he have from taking out... I mean, how much bone marrow do they take? Does it? I don't think they take much. Okay. And she hasn't mentioned here how the brother reacted. Right. But yeah, maybe maybe look into that yeah. and see what how that works. Because how much do they need? Does it have a You're lasting giving me effect? Homework again. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just curious, you yeah, know, no, it's I, like... Uh, if you're not curious, I will be, so we're fine. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, uh, what, yeah, I'm just, yeah. that's a um, well, mystery. I'll, I'll try to figure that out. All right. Okay. So she's, so now we're into October of 2008. Okay. She said her body was slowly integrate my brother's cells and, and use them to start recreating new ones. Um, I required multiple blood and platelet infusions to keep my blood levels up to prevent bleeding. I stayed in the IC unit for a couple more months, so basically almost all of 2008. Mm -hmm. But I was finally released to a local hospital in October. When I was released to the hospital, I was on 27 different medications. Jeez. And I had to stay for 30, within 30 minutes of the hospital. In November, I was finally released to come back to Oregon to go home. Um, I have been able to come off all medications. Wow. And I'm 100% cancer free. Woohoo! This is my 14th year, and the scripture rings true. That's awesome. I have not died. That's amazing. And lived to declare the works of the Lord. I love your success stories that you bring in. <laughs> Even though we touched on this last week, it's just, it's, it's, it's so heartwarming that they're just successes and that they fought. She gave it her all. Oh, yeah. Absolutely so, her all. Being in the hospital like that in ICU for that many months. That's, yeah. Huh. And and I had this entire story, and I still had not met this lady. Okay. So at the end of June 2019, we did our walk, and she and Bethany showed up. Okay. All right. And she wore a yellow shirt for bone cancer. Good. That's awesome. She did that little three-mile loop that we had planned out. Mm-hmm. And I looked at her at the end, and I, and I had already set this thing up with the Corvallis Knights to do a fundraiser that was their strikeout cancer game. And I said, how do you feel about being the honoree? Because when we talk about these honoring people, I said, how do you feel about the, being the honoree for July? And she was She's fine probably honored. Yeah. <laughs> so I said, was well, going to get your, your your family into the game for free? Mm-hmm. So they came watch the baseball game. During the seventh inning stretch, they read parts of that story, and 2,000 people stood and gave her an applause. Oh, that's cool. That's really cool. That probably was really heartfelt to yeah. her. Yeah. So it's a long recap, but there's a lot in her story. That's okay. When we don't get enough time to touch on them, I, I don't mind the long recaps because those stories are important to get all the details and information. I think so, especially with one like that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, especially those success stories are good mm-hmm. to touch on. I love on. them. Mm-hmm. Well, since we're doing kind of a recap, let me jump you back to two weeks ago. Okay. So two weeks ago, we were at the Golf Club of Oregon. Uh, I think that was one of my favorite shows. Wasn't that, we that did. fun? I really liked that. And you're that sitting there watching those disc golfers walk out to play disc golf. Mm-hmm. That was no, so that fun. was a really good time. And it, there was a variety of ages, too. I liked that. That there was, I mean, there was a girl that was 
gosh, she had to have been in her teens. Yeah. All, all the way up to older people. Yeah. It was really cool. The one that was in her teens, I watched that family as they pulled into the parking lot, and I think they had two cars, but they all got out, pulled into a big old group, took a big old selfie with like five or six of them. Mm-hmm. And I think it was six because it was um, three teams. Three teams. Right? But they came all the way from Vancouver, Washington. Isn't that amazing? That I mean, is. I, I mean, I remember talking to them, and they left early so they didn't get caught in traffic. Right. Right? But these disc golfers, they travel a ways. To do this. That was really cool that they do it as a family, too. Like, that's their family hobby. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So, it's something I touched on, and I want to bring it back up, and then we can get more into another piece of this during the second half of our show. All right. So, I brought in the article, uh, The War on Cancer Turns 50. Oh, yep. And I remember there was a, a chart in there that ta- said the average cost of a new cancer drug in 1971 was $134. Jeez, that's so still... So, was your monthly... Cost. That's how much you paid in a month for cancer drugs. That's pretty expensive. $134? Mm-hmm. A month? It got worse, remember? Oh, I know. But I'm just <laughs> saying, like, even in today, I mean, extra money like that. I mean, it's not easy to, with, yeah. Yeah. But what was shocking for you, me, and Rob, and all three of us, in 2021, the average monthly cost was $14,580. <laughs> And that is just cancer drugs. Oh, my gosh. And I remember, I I remember, I remember all three number. of us said, like, if you combine all of our incomes, we don't make $14,000. Right. It, yeah. That's insane. So the average cost has gone up dramatically. Dramatically, dramatically. is an understatement. <sighs> yes. <laughs> and I think the other thing that I was pointing out in that graph was in 1971, there were eight cancer drugs available to us. Right. And now there are 641. There's a lot more cancer drugs out there on the market. A lot more money-making jo- drugs right. is what you mean. Right. So here's here's what I want to get into with the shocking stuff for today. Okay. There's a This is a really recent article. This is from the September 2022. That's oh, super recent. Month. Yeah. Last month, right? So they have a thing here called the high cost of medicine. This is the average annual price increase of 261 brand name prescription drugs most used by older Americans compared with the overall inflation rate. So that's what this little chart shows. Okay. So in 2006, if if the drugs were costing $100, inflation of all other items grew to $132. Mhm. Over the over the 14 years from 06 to 2020. Okay. Okay. That's a 132% increase. That's a fairly normal inflationary rate. Right. Except medications grew to $303.25. Whoa. That's almost three times the amount. 303% inflationary rate. Whoa. Which is 2.3 faster than every other item. That's crazy. So when you talk about inflation increasing prices, it means that drug prices were increasing faster than other items. Yeah. And for those that are in the real estate market, this occurred one at a time when housing prices were increasing faster than inflation, Mm -hmm. and that created a bubble that burst and we had a a recession. Right. That was in 08. That's crazy. That's unfair that they're increasing medication like that when people rely, they need it. Right. So they're taking... So not only has the monthly amount grown to $14,000 a month, the cost has grown faster than inflation. How do you keep up? 
You don't. And that's why there's bankruptcies around this as well. Yep. That's that's sad that it's people's sicknesses are used as a profit. Well, when we come back from the break, I'm going to give you a comparison on that inflationary rate. Okay. All right. Well, I guess we are got about 45 seconds left. Well, I'll, t- I'll just I'll just tease with a couple of them then with these last few seconds. Okay. Here. So if here's a few items that if they had grown at the same rate, mm-hmm. if milk had increased at that same rate, it would now cost twelve dollars and eighty seven cents a gallon. Okay. Okay. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah. I need we need we need to just go to a break after that one. That that was. <laughs> we'll, we'll touch on the other ones when we come back. Holy smokes. Okay, we will be back right after this, you guys. Huge shout-out to Oddmo's Pizza for being our sponsor. Make sure you go and show them your love and support because they are showing their love and support for us, which means the world to us. So, And you just really can't go wrong with pizza because pizza's pizza. <laughs> All right, we'll be right back after this, you guys.